Voluntary Input is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Family, food, and football. It is that time of year. Some people say this is their favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. But what is Thanksgiving really about? Is it really about all that food? And how did football even get involved with it? And what about the pilgrims? Well, tonight, my special guest, Mr. Javi Benz, will be talking to us about the complete and real story of Thanksgiving, genocide, cannibalism, decapitation, stealing, turkey shopping, and football. Sir, that is a mouthful. How are you tonight? <laughs> I'm doing well. Leo, how are you doing today? How's everybody out there doing? Oh, hopefully everyone is warm because it's a little chilly here. Same so here. It's, uh, it's cold here as well. Yeah, bring out the sweaters and coats and uh, open up the fireplaces. It is, it is definitely that time of year. I know I have uh, a lot of my friends say this is their favorite time of year because they get to wear their favorite clothes. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. So before we jump in to... What exactly is Thanksgiving? How about we talk a little bit about your background? What is it that you do? I saw a post, I think it was on Instagram, and you said, uh, I write about history. Does that make me a historian? Are you a historian? It's, a, it's a, you know, when you, when you say you're a historian, it seems like I, I went to school, maybe climbed up a pyramid or jumped off a weather balloon in search of <laughs> something, but uh, it sounds good. I like to say I'm a historian. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it sounds great. Uh, a little bit about me. Um, born and raised out here in Detroit. Uh, currently, I, I work for Delta Airlines. Uh, that's where I'm currently. I do. I did work for the government for about ten years prior to that. I've always studied history. History's always been uh, a little passion for me. Before studying more of the this kind of stuff here, I'm uh, I was doing family history. I did family history uh, for oh, yeah. about at this point it's about fifteen years now. I'm doing family history, and my family history uh, originates in Mexico. So I was going through a lot of the Mexico records. In search of my family and that kind of got me doing the history and investigating to where i'm at now okay and what made you land so heavily on thanksgiving every year around this time it just seems like there's somebody saying i'm not celebrating thanksgiving because this is the day they killed a whole bunch of natives or there was some type of genocide massacre there's a bunch of killings or something happened and i and I kept hearing different stories, different years, different things. So I finally, I sat down and said, you know what? I'm going to investigate it. I'm going to see what's going on with all this. And maybe I can come to some type of conclusion because I'm seeing there's a whole bunch of different massacres on different days and they're, right. they're all Thanksgiving. So I said, let's try to find the truth here and try to figure out what's going on with this. The truth. And I think that's an important thing to point out before we jump in is before anyone gets riled up, uh, our point here tonight isn't to try to reinforce, oh, it was all about a slaughter or, 
you know, sometimes people want to take it as, well, this is just proof they've been lying to us all these years. We're just really in search of truth, right? Just whatever the history yeah. was. Just in, just in us. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like you, like you mentioned, just in, in search of truth. We're not here to, to rattle any feathers or anything like that. Um, pretty Pun much to say, hey, these are the, yeah, these are the stories. <laughs> this is what's out there. And, um, you know, make up, you can kind of make up your opinion from it from there, but you know, definitely things did happen over the course of time in history and with so, this particular holiday and Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. All right. So I guess we'll start from the beginning and yeah, uh, like, where, where do we start with this? Right. Where do you want to <laughs> go? Yeah. Well, I think the, the, the best way to start it, uh, first, um, when we talk about Thanksgiving, uh, pretty much prior to about 1850, when we're, when we're saying Thanksgiving, I don't want the, the, the listeners and the viewers thinking this is some type of a feast where individuals are getting together with family members or other tribe members. Um, it's nothing like that. Usually the, the first couple of Thanksgivings uh, have to do with actually giving of thanks. And it's more of a religious ceremony more than anything. So in some cases, um, to give, give people an example, you would, you would land in a territory, you're going to give thanks. You might, you might actually even do uh, a feast or you might do a fast, depending on what type of a group or religion that, you, that you're with. So just to get just to get that for uh, starters, I want everybody to understand when we say Thanksgiving early on, uh, we're pretty much referring to some type of maybe religious uh, ceremony right. or maybe uh, something just uh, in, in that aspect, but not the actual turkey, a big feast, big meal, overstuff ourselves and stuff like that. Even though that's good, no, but <laughs> oh, it's great. I, I, I like your opening paragraph here in which you said it's an expression of thanks to God a public act of religious observance or a celebration and acknowledgement of divine favors. Along with prayer, a person may fast or feast while giving thanks to God. So that's oh, essentially yes. what you were just saying, what Thanksgiving, what we mean, yeah. giving thanks. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and another thing too with, with Thanksgiving, um, well, we, we, we right now we're celebrating it four Thursdays and a lot of times in a lot of different cultures, you see a celebration around this time. Mm. Um, and the Egyptians had something similar with crops and whatnot. Um, and so it, you, it's, I think maybe that's why they have it this day or this time, the fourth Thursday of, the, of, of November. It's more of around where the old uh, cultures used to do the, this custom. Right. Uh, because of Thanksgiving, as far as like Plymouth Rock and things like that, the dates are all off. There, there's different dates with different things and different feasts that happen throughout the, uh, the history in America's with Thanksgiving. All right. Now to, okay. I was gonna say now to jump to jump right into it. Um, now we mentioned Thanksgiving. Uh, we we defined it kind of so we we know what's going on here. Uh, the first record of any type of Thanksgiving in in the uh, the Americas was Ponce de Leon, when he um, landed on Florida, which he named La Florida, and from there he gave thanks, and there was a giving of thanks for him for them um, arriving there, settling there, and, and ultimately uh, colonizing there. So that, and that was in 1513. Right. So you start to, you start to see the uh, the European settlers come to the New World, and immediately when they uh, usually when they hit land, they're going to proclaim the land. So in the in the you know order of Spain, whatever king or queen it is, and then they'll give thanks. So there's a religious aspect plus there's the the military aspect of planting the flag, saying, "Hey, this is our new territory." Usually, so you'll you'll see both of that happen usually around the same time. When I notice. I mean, looking at your timeline, there's there's a lot in here. Um, this 
Okay, so yeah, that moves us on to Francisco. Francisco Vasquez de Conrado. Um, yeah. That's interesting. And Texas over there, when he did that, that was in 1541. So uh, right off the bat, you're, you're going to say, well, there's Florida. Now you're, jump, you're throwing me over to Texas. Yeah, and a lot of states celebrate Thanksgiving, and this is the kind of beauty of it and, and kind of the, the odd thing at the same time. So 1514, um, there was a, a, a giving of thanks there, too, when they were going through near the, uh, the Rio Grande River going up there was one um, that they held, and also in 1598, uh, Juan de Onate ordered a, a Thanksgiving as well. Both of those were in modern-day Texas. There's both, uh, both of them. The state of Texas honors both of them too as being the first Thanksgivings in in the New World or in Americas. So yeah, and I noticed that a lot of these events seem to be happening in the South. Um, yes, but. The Thanksgiving we seem to celebrate has to do with Plymouth Rock and the Pilgrims and or am I jumping ahead? <laughs> uh, you know, but that's that's the original story. I mean, we're all we're all taught to believe that it seems like, well, like for my for my end, for example, that Plymouth Rock, I always thought were the first settlers here. Me too. It seemed like there was there was nobody that came from Europe except for the, for the people that landed on Plymouth Rock. They were the first ones. And it seemed like that started uh, the Thanksgivings. But um, yeah, in reality, down in um, Texas and also in Florida, modern-day Florida, there was Thanksgivings that happened um, years and years before the uh, the Plymouth uh, Rock. So, for example, there was also the uh, in 1564 with the French, they had one in modern-day Jacksonville. Um, and what's interesting with, with the French there being in Jacksonville, with the native tribe that they had that, that Thanksgiving with, um, years later, the Spanish would come and have a Thanksgiving with that same native tribe when they overtook mm -hmm. the fort. And this is um, more of like in uh, St. Augustine area. Right. Uh, there was a Fort Carolina that was going back and forth between the French and the Spanish. And the natives pretty much, they rolled with the Spanish because the Spanish had more of the uh, territory. And technically it was Spanish lands and French um, planted. They went there, uh, you should say, uninvited. But really the lands were Spanish lands. Right. So the Spanish uh, killed them. Whoever and then whoever was remaining, they would wipe them out too. And there's stories of that too of the natives telling uh, the Spaniards where certain French um, colonists were had remained. Because some of them, there was actually a story where the French were looking to attack the Spanish. So they left the fort with about 20% of the army, and that the ships that they were on, they actually um, got hit with bad weather. And when they got hit with bad weather, they lost everything, and they had to walk back to the Carolina, but by the, uh, Fort Carolina. By then, the Spanish already knew what was going on. They went and attacked Fort Carolina. Then they got word that there was these other individuals left going to Fort Carolina. They, they killed them as well. And that was by uh, Menendez. Uh, and Menendez, that's in 1565, he ordered another... Um, Thanksgiving. And with that Thanksgiving, every individual got a plate and that's natives included. And that's recorded that they gave the, uh, a, they did a feast meal, but they also did a giving of thanks to God too, as well. So would that been more of a giving of thanks for wiping out the French? You can say so. Yeah. Basically yeah, like a victory. The, protecting the lands. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so the, right there you have Florida claiming about the Thanksgivings from the French end and the Spanish and both of them, they're, they're saying that, hey, uh, no, we actually had the first Thanksgiving. And all of this is before Plymouth. Uh, 
because Plymouth didn't happen until about 1621. So this is still, you know, for roughly 40, 50 years. Right. Before, before the Thanksgiving, we would, we would all know and hear about. So <clears throat> then there was in 1610, you have where Jamestown celebrated a Thanksgiving. Yes. Jamestown, Jamestown is interesting in itself because that's one of the first colonies that they, that they tried to establish in, in the North England state. So this is not Spanish related. This is not Dutch related. This is more the, the English related, England related. Uh, the West, I believe the West Indies uh, sponsored that. Uh, and and what, you're, what you see with that one, with Jamestown, when they landed, it was just brutal from the get go. And once there was problems with the natives, they cut off the food supply. And th throughout that winter, it was real rough for the uh, the Jamestown settlers. There was cannibalism, uh, killings, murders, all all that good stuff throughout the winter. And then they had the um, their Thanksgiving uh, when the um, or excuse me, with Jamestown had their Thanksgiving the, the following year when their um, ships from I believe I believe the England as well. They had brought supply ships, and when they brought the supply ships, that's when they had another Thanksgiving. Just basically, just celebrating that they survived that harsh winter. And there is evidence of cannibalism and murders and things like that. Um, recently, I believe about four years ago, there was a body which they called Jan. Jan's mm. roughly around fourteen years old, and they found pieces of her skull and evidence of cannibalism in Jamestown. And that was recently discovered just a couple of years ago. Brutal. That kind of sounds like the Thanksgiving we celebrate because that's kind of the story we're told. You know, they had a rough time. And now the way the story is told, though, the, the, the well, we would always call them Indians, would come yeah, right. and they helped them grow crops. And then out of thanks, they had this big meal. And I think that's even what the Peanuts cartoon is about. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I believe, I believe so. Yeah, I agree with. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that one, but I, I think they kind of re redo that story, and that that would be the story in 1621. So about roughly about a, a decade later, from Jamestown, uh, with the Plymouth Rock, with with those uh, settlers, and they they experienced the same thing as Jamestown, a rough winter. They, there was no trading with them and the natives, but with Plymouth Rock, the the bad thing about them in particular. Or in the Plymouth settlers, they they left to come to the New World in September. So Ooh. by the time they they got here, they're they're arriving in Cape Cod. And for everybody who's Midwest like us or or northern Northeast, they we all know those the waters are really really rough in the winter, oh, uh, real yeah. bad. The Great Lakes too, especially um, it it can get rough. But out there, they were stuck in uh, Cape Cod for about a month, so they didn't even get to Plymouth until December. And when they got there it was bad news. The natives didn't want them there right off the bat. There's killings, murders and things. So they can't even build the forts that they want to build. And so the palisade that they built was a lot smaller than intended with a lot smaller uh, rooms. And, and in some cases it was basically about the half of the size they wanted to build. Right. So how would they, it just sounds like they just came woefully unprepared. That's what in some cases, yeah, in some cases, well, in Plymouth's case, when they landed, they, they landed a mile from shore. And now mm -hmm. this is, you're landing in December now. So it's ice cold waters, right. ice cold ocean. And now you have to ferry yourself a mile in a small little boat off of the, uh, the Mayflower. So it was, I mean, it's bad just to get from one spot to the other. The Mayflower 
that particular the first winter served as basically a hospital it turned into a hospital the 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 deck the dead and sick were ended up on the mayflower and the others were inside the palisade on land so you know knowing that with the cannibalism and whatnot we can kind of see yeah. why the the story we tell kids is a little more dressed up but <laughs> yeah but it's yeah. just and, not and, very uh, realistic. the cannibalism too just just so everybody kind of knows what, what's going on is they can't hunt and they, they can't trade. The natives don't won't won't trade with them. And if they go to hunt, they're basically getting killed while they're out there hunt. So they're, they're stuck eating whatever they can eat: horses, animals, you know, rats, leather in some cases, and dead body digging up bodies, eating bodies. And I believe uh, reading on down through, uh, I think you touched on where the Native Americans would destroy their crops purposely and things like that. Correct. It, it, yeah, it was it was going back and forth, and, and a lot of that started too. Uh, and let me back up to when the Plymouth settlers that we were just mentioning, when they first arrived in Cape Cod, because they were they were anchored there for a month because they couldn't cross the waters; they were so rough. So when they anchored, they early on went on land and they disturbed a few native graves and they they stole some crops from natives. Oh. Later later on, uh, they ended up patching things up with those with those tribes, and they. Um, they reached out to them too to basically to, to get some forgiveness because that tribe that they did that to was also in the Wapanag tribe. So it was in the same tribe with, um, where Squanto comes into play later on. So they, they kind of wanted to patch things up, but just from the starters in the get-go, it was already a rocky start because the Plymouth settlers were stealing right, right from the get-go before they even landed in Plymouth. They were already stealing. So by the time they got to Plymouth, the natives already had informed the other natives well, what's going on. Bunch of- in that area too... Um, just to give the viewers an idea, there was an outbreak um, in Maine that traveled all the way down to Plymouth, pretty much killing every native tribe along the water. So when the Plymouth uh, settlers had arrived, most of the area was already completely wiped out. And where, where Plymouth was built was actually built um, on an old um, Native American tribe, I shouldn't say old, but it was just, there was a Native American tribe that was there, but they, they had got wiped out by disease so bad they couldn't even bury their dead. So when Plymouth mm. had got there, there was bodies just sitting there floating or just laying there in the middle of nowhere. Nobody buried them, nothing. They just, the whole town or the village rather, was wiped out. And this, this is, uh, the reason why they, they, they know that the whole, the whole town was wiped out was because Squanto and Squanto was the, the native who helped them with the crops and, and, and everything as far as the, the growing and the hunting, he was a, a, he was enslaved. And when he was enslaved, he was actually took into Europe and then he made his way back. But by the time he got back and he's from the Patuxet tribe, that whole tribe was completely wiped out. Mm. The Patuxet tribe was, everybody was gone. His whole tribe was completely gone except for him. And that was one reason why he stayed with the, uh, with those, with those um, settlers in Plymouth. Massasoit, who was the chief of a, of a, of the nation with of that area, right. he had to actually um, told Wisconsin basically to stay there because this, this was your land. But yeah, his uh, his whole tribe was completely uh, wiped out by disease right before Plymouth got there, right before the Plymouth settlers got there. So when did they have their Thanksgiving? I mean, <laughs> they had to have eventually gotten through that. And is there any validity to this story we've been told that well, the Plymouth, the Pilgrims, as they like to call them, they had Thanksgiving with these tribes. 
there's two there's there's two accounts uh, of from it. Uh, now, what happened was um, back to Plymouth. They arrive. They have a terrible winter. The natives aren't trading with them there. What happens is there is a his name is Somerset or Somerset. Some refer to him as he's a chief out out in Maine, and he spoke English. So he had came. He snuck into the fort one day, and this was um, early spring. And when he snuck when he snuck in. He had actually asked if he could have a beer and it kind of threw everybody back because he spoke English. And that's when they had found out that he had found out he had learned it from the fishermen's. <laughs> yeah, so he said he one, would huh? <laughs> and he would come back. He would come back from with with uh, Squanto. And when he came back with Squanto, that's when Squanto had uh, told him, you know, that was basically his uh, his his lands and that all his people were gone. And then from there, they brought Massasoit, who was the, the chief of the nation. When Massasoit came to meet with the pilgrims. That's when the treaty, the first treaty of the Americas, was really made because Massasoit was under um, he was under threat from rival native mm-hmm. tribes that were uh, west, moving east. So the way it worked was you help us, you help us, and then we help you. More of a d- defensive thing, and that's where the uh, the to, to me, in my opinion, the real thanks or the the story of Thanksgiving uh, comes from, and one of the accounts. Is from a gentleman Winslow, and what he mentions in this, and it's only about a paragraph long, but what he mentions is that they did go out and hunt, and as they were hunting and they came back, there was 90 natives that showed up, mm. and now these the 90 the 90 natives that showed up were all uh, they were warriors with uh, Mass Massasoit, so when they showed up, that's when there was an offering or say, hey, get yourself a plate. Natives went out, killed five deer, then they came back, and that's what's written is that they. Came, they left and came back with five deer. So to me, it tells you right off the bat that they weren't invited. They heard gunshots. They were thinking, hey, there might be a war or something going on. Let's check to see what's going on. Uh, they show up with 90 men. They said, oh, we're just eating here. They go, okay, we'll be back. Let's go get let's let's go get some more food. So they feasted for three days. There's no um, document evidence of any type of women or any type of uh, senior Native Americans involved with this meal. It's, it just says Native American warrior, ninety men, and the oh, chief. Okay. So, so in a way, a lot of the kinda, pictures. In, in a way, it kind of happened like, by accident. Yeah, they thought it was going to be a fight, and they were like, "Oh, we're just going to get something to eat." So, yeah, that's actually kind of cool then <laughs> that it turned out that so way. The, yeah, yeah. So it's in. So if you ever look at the picture and you see a, a native woman in that meal, there was no native women there. That, that <laughs> she was uh, dr- dr- drawn in there. So right, right. But yeah, that that's that's the only account with Plymouth that that really mentions. It's just a, a three day feast. They showed up. They ended up leaving, coming back with with a couple deer, and then they feasted for three days. Uh, that's the that's the story that. Um, that they're pretty much were taught. Uh, now, as far as the crops and, and growing of the crops, it's that part is a little bit true because of Squanto, where I mentioned that Squanto had stayed in with the pilgrims during that time, right. and he taught them how to hunt. Uh, one thing he taught them how to hunt was to hunt uh, uh, eel with his feet in the mud. That was one thing, and the other thing was to how to take like the leftover and the fish guts and mix it with the soil to create better soil. And that was another thing too, where where Plymouth Rock was set up. It was it was set up on an area, even though it was by the water, it didn't have good soil. So the natives really didn't use that whole land a lot for living because of, it was bad dirt, bad soil. So he taught them that aspect too with the crop. So the crop story is kind of true. Yeah, and bit. again, yeah, that that's in the the kids' story we'll refer to it as because you know we were told they they taught them how to grow crops, and then yes. you know they were thankful for that. So 
and and that's why they were having their feast. It was a surplus of, of crops. Right. So they were they were basically they went from one they were they were going into this this winter not as bad as the previous winter where their other ships were lost. Now they have a surplus of food, so it won't be as bad. So then, moving on down the line, then we get to who is. Oh, okay, you have. I can't say these names. I think sixteen. I think we're at sixteen seventy-five. Yeah. Okay, and this is where you start to see um, a lot of people saying, "Well, I'm not celebrating Thanksgiving because there's killings on Thanksgiving." Right. You, I'm. I'm. I, I'm sure everybody that's maybe listening hurts somebody, or you see one meme every Thanksgiving of somebody saying the Pilgrims went out, killed everybody, and they had a Thanksgiving. Um, me personally. I had always thought that maybe this was on Thanksgiving, the fourth Thursday of the month. Right. But it was it was actually not. And a lot of these events that that we're discussing here was not on the fourth Thursday or even nowhere near it. Somewhere in April, December, and, and later on, we can. I have actual dates. Um, they're it's on my website too as well. If you want to see the actual dates, but for now we're just discussing years. Um, in 1637, the the Connecticut colonists. They actually had teamed up with um, one of the native tribes, and they wiped out what's known as the Pequot. I believe you pronounce it Pequot tribe. And when they, when they, there's actually a drawing, and, and I do have it on the web, my website too. There's a drawing of how they attacked them, and the way they attacked them is basically they they started by with the natives uh, going in first, and then the um, the colonists going in behind with the guns, and then there's more natives behind the colonists. And they go to this palisade and they just set it on fire. Women, children, everybody involved, and they killed the whole tribe. And when they came back, that was when they actually celebrated a giving of thanks for all his men surviving and nobody dying. And this was a gentleman named Captain Mason, and his statue was just taken down last March. Mm. Uh, for those that are out there um, that want to research uh, the statue rem- statue removals and stuff. But yeah, he, his statue was just removed out of Connecticut and it basically read something along the lines that he's, that he helped and saved preserve the area from attacks. But in real reality, it was him doing the attacks. Is there any account as to why they attacked why they did that? They, in some cases with the rival natives, they, there was rumors that they were going to attack them. Because mm, okay. the, at that time there was a tax going back and forth too, uh, King Philip or King Philip's War and, and things like that. There was maybe like a sixty-year period, pretty much right after um, Massasoit. Once he, once he, we were just discussing him earlier. Once he, pretty, once he died, that's when things pretty much got bad. His son, to give you an idea, his son was actually mutilated. They, Oof. they took his son, chopped his son up into pieces, and they sent it throughout different areas in Boston and the, the England area. Um, there's a plaque. Metacomet is his name, and there's a plaque out there that says it that his body was completely mutilated by them, uh, distributed throughout the lands, and that was uh, Massasoit's son. He, so pretty much the gentleman who helped the uh, James or the Plymouth, his son ended up later on being completely just mutilated. So in a way, they were kind of caught up in a uh, a tribal skirmish, if you will. Caused by a power vacuum, basically. No. It sounds like. I mean, if the, there, the was, chief there, died there was because uh, the natives had their their own um, wars going on too. Right. 
they you know because a lot of times you have several tri- you have several little tribes but they're under one nation so maybe mm-hmm. there's only two big nations in the area now if they start fighting the pilgrims now make a pack with one of them go take out the other one so, so I think that's kind of what happened in this in this case what do they call that a uh so in a way the colonists got caught up in a war by proxy <laughs> they just happened yeah. to be in the middle right okay just so that and there was and, and just there so was, everyone uh, understands it wasn't like they were like oh we're just going to go kill them all just for the heck of oh, it. i'm sorry i'm sorry i was just saying so just so people get it wasn't necessarily that they just went we're just going to go kill them all for the heck of it it was kind of like they were no no something no. yeah yeah and, okay and, and during uh king's philip King Philip's War that lasted like about sixty-five years off and on. So there was killings too. There was um, there was there was some killings where the natives killed about twenty percent of the of the, uh, the of the New World population too. So there was there was it was going both way the massacres. It was rough times. Yeah, yeah, very 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 uh, very rough. And then and whenever there was uh, these type of wars and killings. Um, the bo- the bodies weren't just um, just la- they weren't just thrown there. So sometimes they would they'll take their their victims and c- chop their heads off, take their heads, put it on a stake, and, and hang it over the fort. Um, there's reports of that as well. Miles Standish mm-hmm. uh, during his time he did that, uh, and that's that's been that's reported in Broad or Bradford's account, William Bradford's account, where he mentions um, there's instances where they go and to the into the native forts and uh, killing kids, hanging hanging them. Uh, there's a report of them taking a woman and two of her kids. They threw the two kids in the water, shot them. Then they took her to the to the village and killed her in front of everybody. So there's you you do, and this is all in uh, again in William Bradford's uh, account. He mentions this, and he mentions uh, more things with this Miles Standish guy, uh, real real barbarian, I, I must say. Uh, then there was an instance where he uh, chopped off the the head of um, of one of the natives and brought it back to the fort, and it hung on the fort for years. So that way the other natives can see it. The rivals yeah. too can see it as well. Like, well, look what we did to your rival, you know, to your enemy. So yeah, there's definitely reports of that as well. And I do have a picture of that, of something on the website too, if you guys want to check that out. Uh, when that, again, that's Miles Standish. If anybody wants to do further research on him, um, quite the military uh, warfare with him. Absolutely brutal. Now, then we get up to 1705. And you have the first canceled Thanksgiving on record. What was on record? Yes, the the first uh, canceled Thanksgiving on record. Basically, what happened was they pushed it back a week, and, and the reason why it was pushed back was because of a food shortage. The the crops still hadn't came in yet, and they were worried that there would be a shortage. So just in case, they pushed it back a week. But that's the first evidence of any type of uh, change or cancellation of a Thanksgiving. And and one thing to to note too is in. The, the northern states, it caught on first in the southern states. And, and me, this was something that completely threw me off because I'm thinking southern hospitality. Right. To the south, the Thanksgiving came from the south. No, it, it, it came from the north. And southern states, it, it caught on later on. And plus, you know, considering what you were talking about earlier with Ponce de Leon and all those guys, you would think mm-hmm. it would have caught on in the south first. Yeah. All right. in, some, in some cases, some of these cases, they, they like uh, William Bradford's account, for example, it was lost for about two or three hundred years. Sure. It wasn't until about the 1800s that it was rediscovered. And then it's and that's what kind of sparked up that whole uh, fake Plymouth Rock pilgrim story. It was, was was his account along with Winslow. But 
it kind of drew it brought the the interest uh, back and also henry longfellow had had made a, a little poem um regarding a love triangle and in this love triangle was miles standish the same guy who i was just talking about chopping heads off and stuff like that so they made his story and they tried to make him appear to be i guess more of a nice guy than than really what right. he was but between all that happening in the 1800s that's kind of sparks this whole uh thanksgiving myth that we start to see all right and then so we jump on up to 1789 i think everyone knows george washington and he names he proclaims thanksgiving in the honor of the new constitution yes and that was uh december 18th of 1777 and they would do similar acts all the way up and through uh 1784. oh i see i read it wrong okay yeah yeah that was and that was that's when they were still um putting together the con the the constitution and whatnot and once they actually um got that created and, and all that good stuff in october 3rd of 1789 they did another one and that thanksgiving was for the constitution constitution itself so they would have uh, had it then that sounds like they would have had thanksgiving in october october or did 3rd. they yes yeah so that's that's interesting so then that brings the you know brings us closer and closer so where did november come from um so you have 1817, New York State becomes the first state to celebrate Thanksgiving. But then in 1863, it looks like Abraham Lincoln proclaimed it the fourth Thursday of November. Yeah. Is there any significance as to why he picked that? Any evidence as to why he picked the fourth? No, I couldn't find any evidence as to why he picked that particular date in particular. Um I, that I that I couldn't find, but um, <clears throat> he was the reason why he wanted to to do the Thanksgiving was to bring basically the war kind of to not to a halt, but just to kind of cool things over. Yeah, and that's why they they did that particular one. Um, and then again, that was in 1863, mm-hmm. and then 1870, just seven years later, that's when Ulysses Grant actually declared it a national holiday. And I believe there was four other, three to four other holidays included uh, when he declared it. So the first national holidays, were, I think there was three or four of them. Yeah, because it was part of the Holidays Act. Yeah. And then we have where the pilgrims and Indians are added to the tradition. Okay. Yeah, I kind of I kind of touched on it a, a little bit um, yeah. with, with the Miles Standish poem that Henry Longfellow had did. Also, there was the, 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 the discoveries of these accounts. And also there's a um, different magazines at that time were starting to push Thanksgiving menus. Uh, on my website, I have a picture of an, of an early uh, 1900s picture of, of what Thanksgiving looks like. I believe it's in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you an idea, the, the big meals is already starting in, in towards the late 1800s, early 1900s. You're starting to see this because they're pushing in magazines these big meals and menus for Thanksgiving, what, what should be on a Thanksgiving menu. And since... There's not so many magazines like now. If you, everybody's reading one or two of the same magazines, so if they publish these menus, everybody's going to start basically doing it, and that's how it, it kind of got big from there. And then these these last couple of dates here in the 1900s, this kind of yeah. confused me. What was what was the deal with switching it back and forth? And it looks like this was just Roosevelt. I mean, 
it's interesting because it almost seems like it's like in today's world. Um, the reason why Franklin D. Roosevelt wanted to switch, and this became known as what's called Frank's giving. Uh, <laughs> the reason why they wanted to switch it was to just cre- increase sales because of the Great Depression. Oh, so kind of okay. similar now to like what's going on now. They're saying, well, we're going to start uh, our sales maybe a week or two earlier, almost like now this week rather than the day after Thanksgiving. Right. Uh, but in this case, that's what he was trying to do is, was push everything up. But what it ended up doing was just confusing everybody. Some states did it. Some states didn't. Some states did both because they really didn't know. And then after a couple of years, they just pushed it back to saying, okay, we're, we're going to do it the fourth Thursday. And they, they haven't touched it since then. And here we are, yeah, ever since then. Um, so what some other little, because again, like I told you the other day, my mind always goes to the details. Okay, yeah. Why Turkey? What was the significance of Turkey? Did you ever find that out? I mean, why did Turkey become like the big, you got to have a turkey on Thanksgiving? In Winslow's account, uh, where they where they do talk about hunting, they do say fall, you know, that they were searching, that they were hunting for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, to me, I think that's why. And, and also, I, I think that with this turkey, I mean, it can feed a lot of people. It can, and it and it's a it's a bird that I think originated over here too, so it, I think it's easy just to kind of just say, all right, we're all going to eat the the bird that originates from here. But they do mention it in Winslow's account that they were hunting fowl, uh, fowl. So it could have been a turkey, could have been uh, some other type of bird, pheasant, geese, yeah, pheasant, <laughs> uh, goose. Yeah. Or, so, uh, but I think that's where that 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 comes in, comes into play. And I believe this is the picture you were referring to the women. The fake, the the very the yeah. fake Thanksgiving. I believe you see a native woman woman to the left, bottom left hand side somewhere in that picture, and that's the one we all see in our uh, books and and other things. I think growing up, most of us have seen a picture that looks very similar to yeah. that one. Uh, maybe a rock in the background, a big a big Plymouth rock. And they yeah, and they would always have the big table. <laughs> yeah, the clean table. Yeah, and, and and if you really look at that picture, it's interesting because they there's a dog bowl. There's a dog like I don't know if the bowl is a dog bowl or if it's a Native American bowl that's eating it. But are they sharing? It looks like they're sharing the bowl with the dog. It, it, I don't. It's kind of it's, yeah. it's quite confusing. Who's that? What's that bowl? Who's that bowl for? Because <laughs> the dog's gonna easily go sniff the bowl, right? <laughs> Either way, the dog's getting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's getting it. And then I want to let's. Again, it's, it always fascinates me because there's so many details. Um, speaking of Grant, I just recently watched a huge, um, I think it was a Fortnite thing where they talked about the, the truth about Grant, you know, because he got a pretty bad rap towards the end of his life. And he ended up. Yeah, I think they say he was like ill or sick most of his presidential term or, or something. I, think well, I, I mean, growing up, that's I'm saying like you kind of hear, well, he didn't yeah, do a whole lot because he was ill he or was, sick or, he was accused of constantly drinking like he was an alcoholic. He didn't know what he was doing, yeah. yada, yada, yada. The guy was a, you know, he was, a, he was a warrior. He was a general. And he did a lot of things. So but I just wanted to pull that picture up because you, you did touch on Grant. Um, here's uh, yeah, there, and th- that, there's that's the, the big... picture right there from the early 1900s. So it already gives you an idea of yeah. the big Thanksgiving meal that, that's going on. And this would have been one of those magazines you were talking about, right? Yeah. When they first started. Yeah, it, yeah, I believe that's a postcard advertising a Thanksgiving from the, the early 1900s in New York. I think I believe it's New York. 
Um, but yeah, you, just to give you an idea of how big uh, Thanksgiving was already at the at, at in the 1900s, you're already seeing these rooms with hundreds of people eating this this big feast. Big giant meals, and we love them with don't everything. We? And I, I would love to hear what what everybody's favorite Thanksgiving dish is, because I'm sure they're all different. And, and the, <laughs> give me the homemade ones. I want to know the homemade ones, not the uh, don't tell me pumpkin pie with the whipped cream is, is a favorite dish. But I would love to hear everybody's dish because everybody's got a favorite one and it's it's always different. You know? <sighs> Mine is ham. I don't. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of like candied or honey ham. I just like a okay. nice big salty ham and and uh some mashed potatoes and gravy oh that sounds great that sounds great for for me i think the tuna salad homemade tuna salad is usually the one that gets me or the or the beans the the baked beans homemade baked beans those are the two and you mean it's not green bean casserole that's not your favorite (laughs) that that's good too i I've only experienced that once in my life, and that was just a few years ago. Because I'd oh, always really? hear people wow. make fun of it, and I'd never had it. And I'm like, because no one I know, you know, no one I know ever makes it. And then an in law made it, and I'm like, well, it's all right. I mean, it's green beans, whatever. You know, I like green beans. So, oh yeah, green. Yeah, I we do. Uh, me and my friend, me and my good friend, growing up, we used to do a trade. Uh, so I I would give him the Mexican dishes that uh, that we would do, you know, or or if it's like Puerto Rican rice or whatnot, and he would give me the greens and, and all that good stuff. So we we always do a trade off every year. Oh, good good greens. stuff. How could I forget the greens? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, but so. uh, you know, with you with you being one thing too, uh, I just want to touch on. And I, I mentioned this too in my articles is football on Thanksgiving. I mean, it goes hand in hand with like shopping and and the story of Thanksgiving itself. Um, well, I was just being, getting to being, that. Me being in Detroit, <laughs> yeah, me being in Detroit, we have the Lions, so we we have a loss and a vi- and a uh, non-victory to look forward to every Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, we have the Bengals, and I'm not going to talk about that. So, <laughs> the, you know what? The, they've they've both been declawed the last couple of years, but they'll be all right. They'll bounce back. They they at least they at least they look nice though. Their uniforms are both sharp, so they're losing in style. <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> over 1,400 college football games played on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it seems it's it doesn't even seem real when you think about it now. You know, kids go home for Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's really no football. I mean, you look forward to that weekend. There's maybe Michigan, Ohio State, things like that. But there's there's it really just ta- it tapered off in the in the. Um, Early 1900s, though, it, college football that was that was uh, big on Thanksgiving. The trains would come rolling in, and you'd see people on top of trains watching games. And there's the old Yale uh, pictures from the 1800s. Almost 300 uh, games. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, there was, um, I believe, 12 football games between BYU and. Let me try to pull up the opponent here. Hold on one second. That is a lot of football. Oh yeah, it's 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 a it's a ton of football. Um, that's for sure. But let's, yeah, there's a here's the old rival, 1876. So you had Princeton that played in 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 that old rival there. They played a dozen more times. By 1900, they already had played 13 times on Thanksgiving. I mean, <sighs> just to give you an idea, this and. 
this isn't like uh, where you where people are walking. This is one train coming in, the other train coming in. People all over the place, and they're they're watching what looks like football. But I'm sure it's not like the football we we watch now. Not as yeah, organized and rule ridden. <laughs> but it, yeah, but it is it is interesting to note that the college that so many colleges were were playing on Thanksgiving to where it now it's kind of more on the weekend if they do play, whereas right. before it was on more of a, on Thanksgiving. Because now, we now have... it's more now it's all NFL money that's yep. playing on Thanksgiving. I believe yeah. NBA, NBA too. The NBA plays uh, on Thanksgiving and so uh, Christmas too. I think that's the uh, NBA thing. And I believe this crazy leg turkey started with Mr. John Madden. I believe he introduced that, didn't he? <laughs> I, 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 I believe so. They've, there's been some other things uh, since then. I think there's like a gobble award or yeah, the like gobbler, the golden gobbler, gobbles. The Golden Gobbler. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here, Mad, but nothing, nothing like that Madden Turkey though. You know, I think when I think everybody had the same idea. Like, <laughs> I just wanted one of the legs. Let me have one of the legs, and that'd be. I wanted to go. Now that's a rare photo itself, right there. That's um, what you call the Detroit Lions winning a football game, celebrating <laughs> on Thanksgiving. That's a, that's a rarity in itself too. And maybe we should add that date to the timeline. Uh, <laughs> the, the the rare the rare win. Detroit Lions. <laughs> and I believe at one point, this one looks like it has four or six legs. I think at one point it got up to like eight legs. They they, yeah. they started getting I think really they ran, they ran out of spots to put the legs. Yeah. So I think they put it on top of the turkey. <laughs> it was just, just a big clump of top. meat with legs all over it. Yeah. <laughs> now, <clears throat> here we go. So before we get to this name, the Washington Redskins, I want to touch on something here because this is something I tell my sons, I tell my nephews, and they always ask me, why do you hate the Dallas Cowboys so much? Yeah. It is literally because of this. It's just always been Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys. And I was telling my sons when I was growing up, this was back when literally the NFL was whoever had the most money had the best team. And the Dallas Cowboys always had the most money, and so they always had the best team, and they just beat everybody. And I'm like, it made me hate football for a while. (laughs) But this playing every Thanksgiving, I don't want to see the Dallas Cowboys every Thanksgiving. (laughs) That's just my side rant. It's just like them playing, like yeah, like me growing up. They they were in the Super Bowl. It seemed like every year they were they were just dominating. And like you're saying, they they whoever had the money, you know, salary, salary caps back then were a lot different. And I don't know, do you remember the little vibrating football game sets? You're old yep. enough for that? <laughs> I, I'm, it's, it's a little before me, but I do remember them, yes. yeah, yeah. Even on those, the Cowboys would always win. It was terrible. It was rigged. It was all rigged. <laughs> Isn't, yeah, yeah, the video games, they win everything, right? <laughs> terrible. But, so, and, the, and the Cowboys, they've been playing on Thanksgiving since... 66 outside of a couple years outside of 75 and 77 they've played every year and yeah. uh, my my lovable lions they've been doing it every year since 34 so here we are about 14 years away from a hundred year stamp so they've been doing it a long time to give everybody an idea so that brings us to um I don't know if we want to talk about that just a little bit. I mean, we don't want to get too political. The name, yeah. Washington yeah, one, Redskins. One, yeah, one one thing that uh, that's interesting with Thanksgiving and, and football and all that stuff, and I, and I do mention in the article, 
is the uh, the Washington Redskins. They why the NFL puts them on Thanksgiving. Now I know the Cowboys have to play them twice a year and all that and all that good stuff. But if if you look, the four out of the last five years they've played on Thanksgiving, and they're including this year. I know they're called something else now. The Washington uh, but, football team. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but they um, and, you know, there, there's a third game on the NFL. So you have your Lions play at noon or, or whatnot. Then you got the Cowboys that come on later. And then at night you have a game. Yeah. Now, why they would put them on the third game after they just play every other year with the, against the Cowboys is kind of interesting. So I, I just brought that up because um, back in 2017, the, the Redskins were playing the Giants. And this is when kneeling during the anthem and that kind of stuff was 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 uh, starting to, to to get to make a lot of noise in the NFL. And there was a player who who knelt, who, and he you know kneeled during the anthem. But they gave all this coverage to this to this individual, but nothing was talked about what was going outside the stadium. And that's where that picture comes into play. Uh, that's that that you see. It's replicating what a cartoon what it, for a newspaper did years ago, and he got no attention whatsoever about hmm. the name, the Redskins, things like that. And so that's why I just brought it up, just because it kind of goes with Thanksgiving, uh, the name and, and everything. You have America's team beating the Indians, because let's all face it, the Cowboys whoop on the Redskins down Thanksgiving every, right. every year, too. I think they've won one year um, once. So that's why I just throw that out there, uh, just because it, it did happen a couple of years ago. So <clears throat> in conclusion and you kind of wrap it up, is basically the history of Thanksgiving. It's not just this one day where one thing happened. It really is a culmination of a bunch of different events. And, and, and to be honest, my personal opinion, I feel that a lot of people have personally kind of pulled back on whether or not Thanksgiving is about those stories. For example, my family, for us, Thanksgiving is just being thankful for everything we have and our health, you know, and one another. So, and I think that's kind of getting back to the original idea of Thanksgiving of just giving thanks. I, I agree. I, I, yeah, what you said, I right there with you. Yeah, I agree with that. Cause to be yeah, honest, it's, becoming, it's even... definitely becoming just uh, more spending time with your family, giving thanks. Right. And especially like now, um, I'm not too sure how it is back in Ohio, but here in Michigan, they, we, we're back under lockdown again, and now they're saying Thanksgiving, um, you know, get all the restrictions and then just try to keep it within a handful of people if possible. So you're uh, yeah, definitely, definitely sitting back being, uh, I think, I think a lot more people now are going to sit back and, and be thankful for that. Well, here it's, they call it your, your immediate bubble, 10 people, okay. you know, your immediate family. And if you do have people over, have it outside. So, oh, okay. What are we going to Being do? in the Midwest, it's a little, it's a little rough uh, <laughs> being outside, though. That's but it can happen. It can happen. But you can't have ham and mashed potatoes outside, man. As soon as you walk out, it's going to get cold. I can't eat that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did, uh, we did um, like where we, where we uh, boiled the turkey once outside, so we had to keep going in and out. That was interesting. But it's not the same. But not it definitely the same. wasn't the same. We did a smoked turkey would, before. Yeah. That was okay. good. All righty. So what do you got coming up next? Anything? I know you, I'd seen you on another show and you talked about how you travel around because I think the question was, you know, how do you, um, 
like how do you get the proof of these stories? And you were mentioning how you would travel around to these places. And I know now with COVID, travel is kind of, eh. But if you could travel next, what would you, where would you go next? And what would be your other historical account you would like to research? Right now, uh, I'm researching a lot of earthworks and Indian mounds, Indian burial mounds. I know you being in Ohio, you probably have heard quite a few of them. A lot of them, um, there's so many in Ohio, they yes. got destroyed, but there's still s- several there. Um, and one thing, when I went to um, Cincinnati, you're not the woods out there, they have the Serpent Mound. Yep. And we went out to Serpent Mound and um, took a lot of different pictures of it. And, and for all of you that, that maybe don't know what we're referring to, but Serpent Mound is a uh, earthwork that was created by well we believe native americans sometime and it's in the shape of a snake yeah. and where the snake is turning it uh, it lines up with uh, solstices and equinoxes and, and, and that good stuff um now i'm that's i became more intrigued by that so i'm doing more of that um there's a lot of that in the midwest so fortunately for me i can just get in a car and kind of drive so i've been focusing now more on um maybe in indian native american um sites that maybe are unknown or not really uh researched I've been tapping more into that in the meantime. Uh, but when, when everything's kind of back to normal, I do like to go to museums and I do like to, to ask them and engage with them of, of maybe what items that they have that are behind the scenes that they're not showing. Um, and that's, you, that's where things get really interesting when you find or they show you something that's not even on display for anybody else to see. And they might have the reasons why, then you kind of get an idea or a story to it. But I do things like that. And if it's, I try to just share um, anything that I think can benefit someone or might intrigue them to start some type of learning journey in their own way. And that's that's kind of what I'm doing. I try to, so even with this Thanksgiving, I try to just share the knowledge and maybe somebody can else um, expand on it, make it bigger, make it better, or or just go ahead and share it. That's so awesome. So around Thanksgiving time, if someone, if you see the memes or if you see somebody say a <laughs> fake story of Thanksgiving, you know, uh, go to my website, <laughs> howsworld.com take a look i have a timeline there i got pictures for you to look at and and then uh the links are there so all the uh everything that i'm mentioning i provided the link of where i'm getting this information from right so that way it's not just me saying it i'm saying okay well this is where i got it you know and, and all in all the uh the resources they, they are reliable uh not just wikipedia so i don't just uh <laughs> link up wiki <laughs> um they're good they're good articles and uh, in, in some cases, it's from the, the account itself. So I, I'll link um, uh, Winslow or Brad, Bradford's account uh, directly. If the link doesn't work, sometimes the government sites, when you click on the link, it won't work. But if you copy and paste it in the search engine, it'll come up. Uh, right. So if you if you want to pull that up. And it's, it seems like it's only with government websites that that, uh, that happens with. Well, yeah. <laughs> they have a... They tend to have maintenance problems. We'll just call it that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so it's jobsworld.com, the complete real story of Thanksgiving, genocide, cannibalism, decapitation, stealing, turkey, shopping, and football. Now, there was one detail. We didn't touch on it tonight, but I know you, you've talked before about mm-hmm. how Pocahontas kind of fit into all this. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's yeah we'll go ahead and, and jump right into it a little bit so we had mentioned james we talked about jamestown a little bit in 1610 uh and with jamestown that's where pocahontas the story of pocahontas originates from with john smith and, and all that good stuff 
Uh, the Pocahontas story itself is, is, is really, really interesting because they take Pocahontas and they take John Smith, who in real life weren't together in any way, and they put them together. So the viewers and everybody that's maybe listening are thinking, oh, Pocahontas was, yeah, she had a relationship with John Smith, but in reality, she was married to um, John Rolfe. Mm. So uh, it's, it's, and, and with, the, with that whole story with Jamestown, John Smith was there in Jamestown. However, he left in 1609 because of an explosion on his ship. And they, some say that um, it was actually his crew that tried to kill him. Um, there, was, there was individuals that were at, that were at odds with him in Jamestown because he kind of treated the, the natives a little bit more nicer than what some wanted to do. Now, keep in mind, John Smith at one point was kidnapped by them. Um, and that's where the Pocahontas story comes, where he claims Pocahontas jumped on top of him to save him from the natives killing him because they wanted to kill him. Um, that is tied into Jamestown. One thing, too, with that, uh, John, when John Smith left, that's when the natives started the, uh, the wars and the fighting with the uh, Jamestown settlers. So uh, wh who comes into play next with that is, is a gentleman named John Radcliffe. And Radcliffe is the gentleman on Pocahontas who's the governor at the, in the cartoon, uh, chubby or mean guy, <laughs> wears purple with the little dog. I forgot the dog's name. He's got the little purple dog. <laughs> In real in real life, they uh, he he went to trade with the natives, and upon trading with him, they actually sabotaged him. They tied him to a tree, and with the muscle clam oyster clams, they stopped him, and they were throwing his body pieces in the fire with him alive, and then eventually just threw his whole body in and in, into fire. Um, that's kind of a that's not in the poke cartoon, but they make him they make him kind of mean, I guess. That's him. I'm not too sure, but that happened. Uh, so I do want to throw that little story out there for anybody who's uh, the Disney uh, and then you love your Pocahontas and all that stuff. You could definitely look do further research with, with Pocahontas. Uh, you can find out she was, who she was married to. And, and the individual she was married to, uh, John Rolfe, he was a very successful tobacco farmer, uh, one of the pioneers in, in the New World. And he was the first uh, gentleman that, to discuss slaves in the New World. Mm -hmm. He had mentioned that uh, the Dutch had came to Jamestown with about 20 slaves and they traded with them there. And then that Dutch ship ended up trading down, down the, the river there with the natives right after. Um, there's mention of that, but that's the first uh, mention of in record of, of slaves right. uh, in America's. It's, it's in Jamestown. <sighs> so for everybody out there, Pocahontas, uh, next time you watch the cartoon and, and you see the governor, you can, uh, Remember you can think was... about his, uh, the fate that, that happened to him. <laughs> Skinned alive. That's... Yeah. That is some, that's treacherous. I can't, it's just hard to even visualize. With clam shells? I, I, they probably cut them in half so they're sharp and they, yeah, the women did it too. It was women that did it, not males. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. See, I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the medium was, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, part. that was, and, and to be honest, I had no clue. I mean, I, I knew John Smith was not, you know, that, but I didn't know about the the other stuff involved with the with the governor being um, killed like that. But like we had talked about, so many people were, were mutilated or decapitated, uh, hands and fingers and toes all cut off, spread out and given as trophies. So, so definitely a, a different time period for for sure with the, with the warfare. So where did you find that information about his fate? Where do you find that stuff? That is an, ooh, that's a good question. I don't know which account I read that in. I don't want to say Bradford again. 
Um, but I, there is accounts that did survive that where it mentions what happened to Radcliffe. Wow. Yeah. The, if, if anyone wants to do further reading, I would suggest um, starting with, uh, with William Bradford's account because um, he goes into a lot of details with, with things. I would also recommend John Smith because uh, John Smith really talks about not only Jamestown, but also when he was in captive. And he, one thing that he had, he, that he discusses is um, like the chiefs having several wives and things like that. And uh, that, that's interesting how he had how the chief had like a pecking order where he had his, his great ones on top and then more mm -hmm. on the bottom level of his house. He had the, the other women, but he talks about how he had multiple wives. And I, I thought that was very interesting. And there's a diagram, picture diagram of it and everything. That's <laughs> his, quite uh... interesting. His stable, but if yeah, you will. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would start with with the accounts. There's a Winslow account that's for Thanksgiving. William Bradford, those are the two accounts um, you'd want to start with, and then start with John Smith's accounts. Um, there's there's some other stuff too, but those are the the ones that I would say if anyone's looking to do some further reading, John Smith's accounts for sure. And we're right around the uh, the 400th anniversary too of uh, Plymouth. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. So again, everybody, you can go to the website jobsworld.com or is it hobbs hobbs hobbs, hobbs world i keep saying that because i'm oh it's a everybody says American. jobs yeah, <laughs> hobbs yeah world. Cool. well thanks a lot sir this is it's always like i said i love to find out details of history i don't like to like when i was a kid i used to say man i hate history i hate it yeah. then when i got older i found out well it wasn't that i hated history i just hated that there weren't enough details for me because that's just how I am. I gotta, I gotta know more stuff. It's just the way my mind works. So yeah, I agree. And for, for me, it just seemed like a, there was always more to what's, what's being told. Right. And that's what, that was always what got me. I was like, well, uh, that doesn't I make don't know. sense. And I don't want to disparage teachers or anything. Cause I love teachers. I have friends, oh, that I love are teachers, too. neighbors, family members, but I understand, you know, they can only do so much in, you know so much time and so many kids and then you got a curriculum oh, yeah. and yeah, yeah so i you know it just took me into adulthood to figure out i didn't i don't hate history i just needed more details so yeah <laughs> well yeah. thanks again mr bins for showing up thank uh, you leo thank you i want to thank everybody and uh if you know anybody have any questions you guys definitely get at me i'd love to hear what you have to say go ahead and comment on my uh my website send me an email Let's uh, let's start the chat. And if there's uh, anything you guys want to ask me or get at me, just go ahead and go for it. I'd like to thank you again. If there's anything down the road, we can uh, we can talk about it again. And just let me know. I'm off. I'm all game, and I'm all for it. You're welcome back anytime. And as usual, we do this show every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we stream live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Mixcloud. And if you miss there's a couple people hopping on now. If you missed the beginning and you missed a lot, you can always catch this again. We do Sunday replay at 9 p.m. Eastern. So we'll rerun this so you can catch it. And then as always, you can also catch the audio version on the podcast. Uh, it's an, um, available in all the podcast applications pretty much. So, so thanks a lot for showing up again. Thank you. It was a great time. I hope you guys all liked it. I had a, I had a lot of fun. And I hope uh, this time uh, this year when you guys are cutting that cake, you guys got something to talk about that for sure. <laughs> Tell your uncle he's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you're putting, putting the gravy on the turkey, you, when somebody said something about Thanksgiving, you can say, whoa, hold on. And then <laughs> hold on pull a up second. The timeline. I do have a good, I do have the timeline on my uh, my website that's pretty easy for you to, to, to get the basics of it. If you just want some basic years and, and players involved, check it out. Yep. 
There we go. All right. Thanks a lot again. And have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. And please, we can get through this COVID stuff. Just wear the mask. For sure. For sure. Take <laughs> All care. Alrighty. Take care. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> Thank you.